Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Happy to have you along on a beautiful spring day. Hey, it's uh, it's a great day. We're going to mix NASCAR and baseball today. On the Eagle Hour, coming up in the third segment of the show today, Daytona 500 winner, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. of Olive Branch, Mississippi, will join us. Kelly, I'm sure you'll chime in on that in just a second. Um, but first two segments, we're going to talk Southern Miss baseball, and uh, we'll get to uh, that in just a moment. First segment, as always, brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. The hometown team located just outside Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg, our good friend Justin Harris and his entire great staff out there uh, cooking barbecue and excellent barbecue. A lot of spring going on, and uh, let Dickie's, a lot of spring events going on, let Dickie's cater your next event. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. All right, Kelly, we, we do a, we, we try to do our, uh, our listeners a great service. And what that means is there will be no more puns used today. No more puns. Yeah. Regarding the, uh, the turf that, uh, was slipping in and sliding. You already did it. There yes. you go. So no, no, no more puns after we broke the Guinness Book World Record yesterday, but we really try to, to bring quality guests on this show. And today we have two. And so we've saved uh, the Daytona 500 winner for later in the show, but we always want to start the premium guest at the top of the hour, and you have a great one sitting with you in Hattiesburg. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, former Hattiesburg High standout, former Southern Miss player. <laughs> Pitcher. Extraordinaire. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you want to go there, you know, we, of course, of course, those, uh, those are true. Cliff Russom, who is... Uh, Using his skills and getting into the broadcasting game as a color analyst on some of the ESPN Plus broadcasts, we welcome you, Cliff. Good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, Luke, you're you're going to introduce me every week. I don't. Sam Sandman is out. <laughs> can I? Can I just? I just want to sit there between you and Baker, bring you guys on air, and then walk away. I can do that. I, I, there's something that I could come up with uh, about Baker too. But but Kelly. Um, Cliff, Cliff's going to be with us a few segments. Just just tell us pretty cool second half of the show today. Yeah, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., of course, went to DeSoto Central High School, and I think sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle that he's from from Olive Branch. And, um, I mean, Cliff and I were talking before the show. Man, you win the Daytona 500, you're set. I mean, that is is the World Series of NASCAR. And for him to do that this year, 
was remarkable. And the fact that, that he, he wants to get on the air with some Mississippi guys and just have some fun, <laughs> I think, is, is really cool. And, Luke, you've got some laurel ties to Ricky Stenhouse that we're going to get into a little bit later on, but can you share one with us? Yeah, anyway? just just so you know, in the studio right now, and we'll ask Ricky about this, I have the 2017 race model winter car with actual confetti from uh, from the celebration. Some of uh, our guys, my friends here in Laurel, friends with Ricky, they were there for Talladega. So anyway, um, good stuff for us to discuss later on. But let's get right to baseball. And uh, and, and Cliff, I, I guess let's just we'll, – we'll finish. This is the last thing we'll say about it, but – but just add your commentary on Tuesday night, just from a, a former player and a, a commentator's perspective. Never really seen anything like it, and uh, just kind of what, what was your thoughts? Well, let me let me throw this out there first, Luke. I, I'm not a commentator. Like it, it's it is. Uh, I am a, a that's your job. That, that's <laughs> I, your I know. Time. Well, it's it's. Uh, I tell uh, it's it's my second job, and uh, it's it's really just a hobby to be 100 percent honest. But uh, back to your your question though, I, it's kind of just a wild scene and, and a unique scene there Tuesday night uh, in in Pearl. And look, I I I, I don't want to speculate, but to me, it seems like the game probably never should have even started, in, in my opinion. And just uh, that's just a, a fan's viewpoint, and. Um, you know, you saw the video of, of Ole Miss's guy and, and just that whole square of sod and, and how it just slid yeah. out there. And, and look, I, I think undoubtedly the correct call, uh, you know, is it ideal? No. But uh, and, and was it an easy call? No, I guarantee you it was not for either side. And uh, but I, I think the correct call. Um, and and uh, I, I will I will jest and say this is our side job too, so we're we're totally with you. But uh, as, as a matter of of hard news, um, Kelly, uh, I, I reached out yesterday to the Sun Belt Conference, and Cliff, I'm not sure if you're aware of this yet too. But one of the questions that we had because of the no contest, Scott Barry said after the game that Christopher Sargent was was suspended. They had set him aside as one of the suspensions. Apparently there's more Golden Eagles who who are suspended. Don't know who that is. But I reached out to the Sun Belt yesterday and, and uh, the senior associate commissioner um, of uh, communications got back with me, and I'd asked two questions. Really, I'd asked, first off, can, can it, was there an official announcement of who's suspended and the reasons why from Georgia Southern? I was told the Sun Belt does not provide league announcements of suspensions. So the second question I ask is, what about the players that were set aside for uh, suspensions on on a Tuesday night? How does that work? And I was told by the Sun Belt, because last night's game was ruled a no contest, it is not a completed game and will not fulfill any required suspensions. So Sargent's suspension doesn't count, so he will have to serve another suspension. The good news is, and Kelly, I'll let you hop in here, um, they can stagger the suspensions. So Sargent and the other players, Scott Berry can choose when to sit them out. But the, the no contest uh, invalidated any suspension. And to let you know we're doing our journalistic duty, we asked Coach Berry specifically what players were suspended. And he's always been a straight-up guy. He said, look, I could tell you, but I really want to handle this you know, internally. We respect that. But we did ask the question. But the obvious thing... I would think, looking as an outsider in, Cliff, and I'll get you to respond to this, would be if, you, if you're going to have to sit these guys down, obviously sit them down during midweek series that don't count. I, and and that's, that's, they can do that, from what I understand. But if you really wanted to have some teeth in this, and I'm not suggesting they do it now, but if you really want some teeth in the rule, they'd be suspended for a conference game or something like that. But 
if you if you were Scott Barry, would you not stagger these suspensions in midweek games that quote unquote don't count in the conference standings? It, yeah, I think that that probably makes a lot of sense. Or or you, or you play a matchup like he has a lot already this season, lefty on righty matchups, and and I, I have no idea who else would even be suspended. To be a hundred percent honest, and and uh, I, I don't know I don't know the rule if it was. Uh, I think it's. I heard Coach Barry maybe if you left the dugout or, or your position and. Uh, I, I have not gone back and watched film or anything like that. But no, to your point, I, I, I think uh, that makes a lot of sense to kind of do this in midweek matchups. I want to ask you about the commentating business, and, you, and you've been forthright that it's kind of a hobby, but you do have a unique perspective in that you've played at a high level. Luke and football played at a high level. Well, now it's kind of your job, if you will, to point out deficiencies or in, indeed proficiencies of players. How does that perspective of that mic being in front of you change the way now that you look at games? It's tough. I mean, it, it is. And, and you, you have to remember it's it's still their kids and, and, and it's, a, it's a game. Uh, but also at the same time, we, we have a duty to uh, a journalistic duty, as I've heard you say, yes. uh, to 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 tell the story and and uh, and to try to tell it as best you can. And so, uh, but at the end of the day, you also got to be down on the field. I mean, we, we have the privilege of going down, watching BP on the field, and we're talking to these kids. And 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 that's just, I mean, they're they're I've been in their shoes before. They're eighteen to twenty one year old kids, and and uh, they're 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 humans first and foremost, and they're fantastic humans from from what I've seen in this group, and and they're just good people. Uh, but but to answer your question, I mean, you, you've still got a, a duty to tell the story from the booth. But it does seem to me, though, that if I'm a player, you've got you or anybody that's been in your shoes has instant credibility. I could take criticism from somebody who knows the game, so to speak. I would think that being where you've been, you have that instant credibility. Well, and, and to be fair, I, I hear what you're saying. To, to be fair... The, the game has changed since I played. It's changed a lot. And, and of course, you, the basics are still there. Uh, but, but to me, that, that has been the most exciting part for me for doing this job is, is to getting back involved in the game at this level, uh, specifically picking Coach Oz's brain, Coach Barry's brain, and, and, and uh, spin rate, for instance. Spin rate did not exist. Nobody knew what spin rate was <laughs> when I pitched at Southern Miss. It, it was not a thing. And, and so – you know, I've I've had to go back and do my homework and kind of learn and, and and still learning and and uh, there was there was a play this weekend on a rule from the the interference and the catcher's interference that we had no idea what the call was but uh, but no yeah to to your point is uh, it it's 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 diff- the game has evolved and 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 for uh, for in my opinion from what I've seen for for the better. Can can you officially tell us whether or not Slade Wilkes' home run has landed yet? Uh, that that look that one was impressive, but I'm going to go on record: the Noah Ledford home run was was one of the farthest home runs I've seen hit in in that in that ballpark. We don't want to give those guys credit, Cliff. I, I know. I Quit get it. Quit being objective. And, Quit being objective. Hey, we're a. I don't know ahead. if you guys saw this real quick, Luke, but what Georgia Southern did to Georgia last night, I, I, I swalloped them. Sunbelt, Sunbelt looking good with what Coastal did uh, two nights ago. But Momentum. We're, we're visiting with Cliff Russell, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. later to come in the show. Eagle Hour taking our first break back on a Thursday right after this.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on a Thursday. Next segment, Daytona 500 champion Ricky Stenhouse Jr. of Olive Branch joins the Eagle Hour, but we're still still talking some baseball with Cliff Russell in this second segment brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark. Campus Bookmark located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, right across the street from the University of Southern Mississippi, the big gold building, best place to get your Golden Eagle swag, campusbookmark.net. Luke, Kelly, and Michael from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Cliff Russell in Hattiesburg with Kelly and Michael. I'm here in Laurel. All right, Cliff, um, let, let's, before we get to Troy, let, let's just kind of get where where we're at right now. Golden Eagles 14-9, and 3-3 three and three in the Sun Belt. Started off with two pretty tough opponents. And going forward as we get to Troy, I mean, not somebody we may have circled, but highest RPI team right now. But let's just kind of your analysis where the Eagles are now, um, you know, maybe a damper on some of the, the, the panic or the criticism and just a, a more realistic perspective. Sure, yeah. No, I, I think uh... – I think it's it's fair to say it's been an up and down, you know, first twenty something games to this point, and and you know for for me it's it's the consistency is is what they've got to figure out, and you know I've I've said it before, but the 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 teams that I the, the best teams that I was part of, and, and specifically the the best team, the two thousand three team, uh, and these these teams that have had success in the past, it's been it's been the consistency. You you knew what guys what eight or nine guys you were running out there game to game. You, you knew the weekend staff. You knew who was going to throw the midweek. And I think that's what they're trying to figure out. I think that's what Coach Barry's trying to figure out is, is what guys he can throw out there. And they're still trying to still trying to figure it out, honestly, uh, specifically on the, the back end of that bullpen. But I, I do love – tell you what I love. I, lo- I love their three starters. I know, I know Mazza has struggled his last two outings, but I, I do think they still have some depth – on, on that pitching staff and and you know is it last year's staff no it, it's not but that's not yeah. fair to compare it's, it's just not um but I, I love the three starters they've all three got they, they've got great stuff they're going to give you a chance to win every time you go out does the, you know Nico Maz has got to figure out the strikes he, he's got yeah. to figure out and a way to pump strikes and but that that's all he, he he has got fantastic stuff if he can if he can fill that zone up in the command like he has already shown he can then then he's going to give you a chance to win on Sundays speaking of those three starters Southern Miss baseball just a few minutes ago releasing the rotation for the weekend no change so it looks like Billy Oldham uh, as we uh, discussed earlier in the week will will come out of the bullpen that's why he was held to a pitch count on uh, on Tuesday night against Ole Miss but but Troy as we look forward to the weekend Eight teams in the Sun Belt in the top 88 in RPI. Troy at number 20, 19 and 7, which, you know, when you look at what they've done in the conference, they got swept by Georgia State and then turned around and, and swept a Monroe. Cliff, what can you tell us about the Trojans? Well, I know they've won six in a row going into to tomorrow night, and, and so they're going to be a confident bunch. And, and uh, I, th- I think it's fair to say their schedule is probably not the strongest that we've seen as far as who they've played. And, uh, you know they're they're also sitting at three and three, but I, I you know just quickly glancing at their numbers, they're going to hit and they're going to hit for power. Uh, they've they've got two guys that are, one of them's got leads the I think conference in with thirteen home runs, and the other's got right behind him with twelve. And uh, I think one of them may have forty nine RBIs. So they they've got a couple guys in the middle of that lineup that that are going to have some pop. But uh, you know, so I, I think, but I, I tell you what, I like our matchup. I mean, we're still in the top third of the the conference in pitching stats and. 
uh, you know, you, you flip that, and we've, we're, we're in the bottom third as far as offensively st- statistically. But, uh, you know, obviously it's going to start with those three guys on the mound. And uh, for me, it, it, it starts with Tanner Hall and how he kind of sets that tone on Friday night. Cliff Russ, I'm with us here in the uh, Super Talk studios in Hattiesburg. Cliff, you talked about the evolution of the game. And one of the ways that I think the game has evolved is more emphasis on the long ball, less emphasis on singles and doubles. The problem with the long ball is if you don't get the home run, you get a punch out. A lot of strikeouts, not just Southern Miss, but baseball wide. There seem to be a lot more strikeouts. I'm, I'm, the pitching isn't that much better, but just the emphasis on the home run ball. Give me a Wade Boggs guy that hits singles and doubles every time, puts the ball in play where I can move runners. The strikeout, you can't move people. Is my observation reasonable? Um, well, I don't, I wouldn't call you reasonable often. <laughs> Generally. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't give me nine of those guys. I'll, I'll say that. G- give me three or four of those guys who can scrap and, and get on base. And, uh, but, but I'll, I'll look, I'll, I'll take a couple of Christopher Sargent's and, and who, who you pro- probably look, not going to lead the league in hitting. He's just not. And, but give me 21 home runs that he hit a year ago. And, 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 uh, to me, that's, it, you you got to find that mixture uh, of those guys. And to me, that's how you get that successful lineup. But I th- look, I think you're seeing it this year. For, I think you see Coach Barry kind of evolving and, and playing some to what he is given in his lineup. Matthew Etzel at the top uh, is someone who, you know, he gets on and he's, he's, he's running at, at some point. And, uh, and I love Dickerson behind him. But, you know, th- those three, and I don't know if y'all heard the stat. Uh, that, that Jason Baker dropped on Saturday. But the home run by Christopher Sargent, I think it was Friday night, was the first extra base hit from our cleanup spot uh, all year. All wow. year. It was the first one in, in, in game 20 or 21. I forget what it is. But, you know, obviously that that can't continue if they're going to be successful. Yeah, it just, it just seems to me the home run has all of a sudden be, and in, and in the major leagues too, the home run is sexy. Singles and doubles don't seem to be. I, I, I don't understand it. but that's, It's because you're old. That, <laughs> I'm, I'm really old. I'm going to take a nap, Luke. You can take over Go the ahead. interview here with Cliff. We, we, we do need to mention the, the guy that, that Cliff talked about from Troy, William Sullivan. He's a big young in 6'4", 216 from Orlando, Florida. Cliff right now batting 100, or 100, 400. Multiply it times four. 400, 12 bombs, 30 ribbies, scored 31 runs. Another stat that stands out to me. Uh, right now, Troy batting three oh six as a team, but they are 50 of 60 in the stolen base department. I mean, it's a team, as you said, it seems to be a team of speed and power. Yeah, and I'll I tell you what I've seen, and we, we haven't really talked about it much on the broadcast, is is we Southern Miss does a fantastic job of, of kind of holding that run game at bay, and, and whether that's by design or not, I'm, I'm unsure. But all, all, I mean, it starts on the mound, and it starts with kind of changing up your looks and – uh, but but I do think that Blake Johnson has been phenomenal back there defensively, and uh, you know I think you know for the most part Southern Miss has, has and that's going to be a big part of this weekend. I guarantee you. Yeah, An- another bat in their lineup, Shane Lewis. He's the guy that leads uh, the Sun Belt in home runs. He's actually from Warren Central High School in Vicksburg. Thirteen home runs, forty-two RBIs. He's batting three eighteen. But they've got, you know, they've got a couple guys. Hartsfield's 12 of 12 on the base pass. Myers is 12 of 13. Cobb Jr.'s 11 of 14. What, 
what is it though for 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 Southern Miss fans? I think what's been really frustrating is the runners in scoring position. Uh, second and third inning against Ole Miss the other, other night, you, you can't get you know you you don't get runs in that, and and they're still in the single digits. You know, it's seven of thirty five or something like that. It just seems that the dam has to break in that stats department sooner or later. Yeah, look, I, I think that's just one of those crazy scenarios to where you look up and the stats are, are where they are, and it, it's it's not anything they're doing or not doing, Luke. That it, it it's just. It's just kind of happened that way. And, of course, with each at bat, it gets magnified and gets mentioned more and more. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see how that that ratio can continue moving yeah. forward. Did he, did he wake back up? Is Santa awake now? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm over here. I'm over here. Um, but part of that, I think, goes back to what you were talking about with consistency. Uh, consistency from the bullpen in particular and on the offensive side consistency coming through with hits with guys in scoring position yeah yeah you're exactly right and and uh yeah and again look if you look at that lineup he and coach barry has has tried to piece this thing together he's, he's tried to move some guys around and uh you know to me that's that's what they've got to figure out is what what eight or nine guys play a couple matchups if you want to but what eight or nine guys are you going to pencil in every night and i want to ask you because you obviously were a pitcher i have People have accused me, and look, it's America. We, the America I know, you can still have opinions. I think that this staff has the ability to be as good as last year's. Now, it might take some time, but maybe I've oversold it a bit. But you like this staff as well. I, I do. Uh, I, I heard you say that. I, 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 and uh, f- for the record, I, I, I would disagree with That's you. Fine. I, I, That's and fine. Again, you have your, you have your opinion. Right. Uh, it's wrong, but you, ha- you have your <laughs> Everyone's entitled to your opinion. Now, right? look, I, but that's unfair to compare it to that last year. I mean, last year's staff was probably outside of Tennessee the best staff in the country. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know Eagle fans realize how good they were, but, but it, it was historical is what it was. And, and, I mean, you think there's five guys out, out of the bullpen now, the bullpen that were drafted and, and, and gone early. And uh, so, so trying to compare it to those guys is, is just not fair. Uh, but to your point, I, I do think this staff has more depth than people probably realize. Yeah. Uh, Carl Sively, obviously what he's done has, has been nothing short of amazing. Yep, absolutely. Well, it's because of who his Little League coach was. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what, was, was, was he sleeping then? Were you sleeping then? Did you then? coach everybody? Anybody well, that came up this area, like did you, you said, coach I'm, I'm that old. You know, I'm that old, I, pretty much. Hey, when hey we, Cliff. Yeah. Hey, Cliff, thanks for joining us, man. We yeah, absolutely. It. Enjoyed it. When we come back, the winner of the Daytona 500 Mississippi Zone, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., when the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. All of the Southern Miss games against Troy will be on the TVs this weekend. Periodically, they'll have trivia and, of course, home of the 995 plate lunch, which includes your soft drink. 4th Street Bar and Grill in the shadow of the rock on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Normally, we talk nothing but Southern Miss sports, but it's not often that you get the opportunity to talk to someone in Mississippi sport as prominent as our next guest, a native of Olive Branch, Mississippi, a graduate of DeSoto Central High School, the Fighting Jaguars, and the winner of the 2023 Great American Race, the Daytona 500. Ladies and gentlemen, on the Eagle Hour, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. driving the number 47 JTG uh, Kroger's special, we used to call him back in the day. Ricky, glad to have you with us, man. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, not a problem. I haven't heard Kroger specials in a long time, so uh, that's cool. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a, a whirlwind uh, of the last you know month and a half or so after after winning the race, but um, it's all been good. Yeah, and, and I know there are there are other guys you know from from Mississippi. I want to start way back when you were a kid. Lake Speed was was a guy from Covington County, I think that uh, that you know had some notoriety. Uh, in the racing circuit, but your dad raced as well. So kind of fill in some blanks as to, you know, between those guys and others, how you were influenced. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Lake Speed was, uh, I mean, he was like one of the best go-kart racers in the in the world at the time that he was he was doing all that, not just in the U.S. I mean, he was a, a great race car driver. Um, I didn't follow, like, his career a, a ton, you know, on the NASCAR side. Back then when he was racing, I was, uh, you know, kind of following sprint car racing and what, what my dad was doing, uh, dirt track racing around, uh, you know, kind of the Memphis, Mid-South area. Uh, you know, obviously we're from uh, northern Mississippi there. So, right. um, you know, just grew up watching my dad race uh, as a kid and, you know, going to the racetrack and, you know, working in the shop with him. So I was, uh, I was pretty busy, um, you know, around race cars my, my whole childhood. You know, we talked about uh, before you came on the air that you know you're only as good as your last race. But but I have to I have to think as a layperson that you're a Daytona 500 winner now. D- d- it would seem to me that you're a little bit more untouchable, and I mean that. And I'm not trying to patronize you, but that you've you've done that. You have won the biggest race in NASCAR. How does that change things, if at all? It definitely it definitely changes things, and and yeah, I mean. Uh, I say you're only as good as your last race. I mean, as as an athlete, I mean, obviously that's all you harp on is, is your last one. And then, you know, obviously the one that you're getting ready to come up to and, and run. So, uh, you know, I think for, for me, uh, it probably, you know, I've been around some buddies that have won the, the 500 as well. And, you know, like I just did Dale Jr.'s podcast uh, last week. And, you know, he was like, hey, Anytime, you know, we go, I go do something for the Daytona 500, for winning the Daytona 500, we do it as a group, you're going to be a part of that club. And there's not a ton of people that, that are in that club. So, um, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, for me, it's, it's it changed the last, you know, month and a half. I was super busy and, you know, never at home, but um, it was all for the good reasons of, um, you know, out promoting our sport of NASCAR in its 75th season, uh, being able to promote, you know, our, our race team and, and our partners and, and then myself as well. And, 
Uh, so it's uh, it's a it's a special club that uh, you won't be able to get taken out of, which is nice. Which makes us all the more grateful that you're doing this show. Luke Johnson, as we bring him in from Laurel, a lot of ties to Laurel and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. or vice versa. There really, really is. Uh, Ricky has a poured into our, to our city here in Laurel. I'll talk about that a little later. But Ricky, Ricky, some mutual friends and a story I wanted our listeners to hear. Uh, before Talladega in 2017, uh, some of my buddies down here, Ben Napier, Josh Nowell, Stan Pickering, Jim Raspberry, Ross, too, they were all standing there were getting in your car, and Ben reaches in his pocket and pulls something out. Can you fill our listeners in on what rode on your car that day? <laughs> yeah, so I had um... – I had visited Laurel earlier that that season um, and came down and checked uh, checked the the whole place out. Met Ben and Aaron, and it made it a super cool uh, town. And um, so then I left there, and I can't remember where I was headed. I think I actually I went to Atlanta to race, and then you know we came back to Talladega and invited Ben and them out, and they were you know, had a whole group uh, to come out to the race. And yeah, right before I get in the car, Ben pulls a Scotsman sticker out of his pocket, and uh, he's like, "Hey, you think this can get on the car?" He's like, "Yeah, give it to me." And uh, so I, you know, stuck it on the car uh, right by my name, and we ended up winning. And uh, that was, you know, wild. Ben and all of them got to come to Victory Lane and uh, do all that. But uh, when you win, they make diecast replicas of exactly what your car looked like after the race. And they take pictures of it, get details, and uh, and so now the diecast has you know the Scotsman uh, Ben's wood shop on the on the race car. So that was pretty cool. The team wasn't super thrilled about that. That I was you know, people pay to put decals on the car, and here I am just offering up some you know free decal space. Yeah, I've actually got this car in me. Josh now will let me borrow his uh, just and and it is it, it, the the exact sticker that you stuck on there. It's right there by the uh, the Stenhouse uh, a junior. I, I will I'll come back if if you're able to stick around for another segment. I'll ask you uh, about something else, but but Mississippi uh, flies under the radar nationally. Um, you know for, for whatever reasons people want to say, but but now that of course you had won on the NASCAR circuit but now that you have won the biggest race in your sport i mean you're a national ambassador you're you continue the legacy of athletes and and just people that have done extraordinary things in their life what does that mean for you as a mississippian it's cool i'm i'm super thankful and super honored to and, and proud to be from mississippi and you know i uh, i love all the you know kind of like you said flying under the radar radar but like you know, the work ethic of, of everybody in our state. Um, and, uh, again, like you said, the athletes that come out of our state, I mean, there's so many good athletes uh, across all disciplines, you know, that, that come out of our state. And, uh, it's really cool to be a part of that and, um, and never, you know, forgetting where you came from and, and, uh, love, love being a part of, uh, the Mississippi culture. Um, obviously I just, Went back home after the 500 and got a key to, to Olive Branch, which was uh, super special and uh, was was a really cool deal. So it's um, yeah, it's 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 neat and, and it's cool to to represent uh, you know so many people. Uh, you know, there's a lot of NASCAR fans in in our state of Mississippi, and uh, it's 
it's fun to, to represent. So, Rick, you guys, this weekend, short track racing. You had the CODA, the Circuit of the Americas, last weekend in Austin where you took uh, seventh place. That was a road course. There's plate racing on the super speedways like, um, like Talladega, like Daytona, where you won. Some in your sport are known as being better on different tracks, if you will, than others. To the layperson, driving a car is driving a car. So can you tell us what makes the difference? Why can't a good plate racer necessarily be as good a road racer, for example? Well, I mean, you can, uh, you know, but the, you know, we all grew up doing certain things. And like I grew up dirt track racing, uh, didn't have a lot of asphalt experience, definitely didn't have any road course experience until, you know, I started racing stock cars. And, you know, so for me, the, I would say the, the road courses are probably where I struggle the most. Um, but that being said, when our car is good and, um, you know, we have a good setup under it, I feel like I can go race and, and compete with, with some of the best. So, you know, I think I've taken to the, the speedway racing really well. I, I enjoy it. I feel like I've learned a lot. No, you know, have some tricks up my sleeves to make passes and, uh, and do different things and, so, I mean, I think we all just kind of take a liking to it, but definitely your card, you know, changes, um, you know, kind of what you think about a racetrack, whether a short track or super speedway or, or a road course or like the dirt track we're going to in a couple of weeks. So um, if your car is good, it definitely makes you look you know, like a different race car driver sometimes. On the other side of the commercial break, Luke's going to talk to you more about some things that you've done in Laurel and to help the community. But but before we go, before we go to that break, you know, why do you think that NASCAR has been one of the few sports that has been able to endure changes? I mean, viewership in baseball is down, viewership in just about everything, other sport, other than NFL and NASCAR. NASCAR continues to thrive. What have they done right, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, uh, right, when you have such a large fan base, uh, you know, all sports. Uh, it's tough when you make changes uh, to get, you know, kind of your, and especially if it's, you know, looking to the future, um, you know, changing up the schedule, going to different racetracks, changing the cars, you know, everything's, everything comes with a price and, you know, you, you get fans that get turned off about it or, you know, you get people that retire and, you know, the fan bases, you know, struggle to find another one, uh, another driver. But, you know, I think NASCAR's done a great job of, you know, being very calculated on what to do and, and kind of what moves to make. And, uh, you know, we're on 75 years of, right. of NASCAR this year. And, uh, you know, there's, it's crazy. We're, we got a dirt track. We got road courses. We're going to a street course, which we've never done before. We raced in a Coliseum to start the year. Yeah, Rick, Ricky, and, can, can you hold that thought, buddy? We're up against a hard break. and then we're, Oh, we're, yeah. We'll yeah, finish that thought and continue with the Daytona 500 winner in a moment. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Special thanks to Mobay Beignet for their sponsorship of the program. Also, D1 and D-Bat Baseball and Softball Academy. Continuing our discussion with this year's Daytona 500 winner, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And I know people might be going, wait a minute. 
What about Southern Miss sports? Look, you guys, we, we, we can just sidetrack it for a minute when you get Ricky Stenhouse on the show. Ricky, you were finishing up a point about NASCAR, and then I want to ask you about other Mississippians in racing. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as I was saying, the the sport has just been able to, you know, make changes and, 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 and do stuff to keep our, our fans, you know, still engaged. The old ones trying to get new ones. The Chicago Street course that I mentioned, you know, I think 70% so far of the ticket holders have never been to a NASCAR race. And then, you know, we're going back to North Wilkesboro for the All-Star race where we haven't been. I've never been. So uh, it's really cool to see what NASCAR has been doing and, you know, trying to, you know, still remember the past and still kind of keep some of the past, but also, you know, kind of looking towards the future. And uh, so they've been doing a great job, and, and our fans have been doing amazing, uh, tuning in, showing up to the racetracks, and, uh, and and showing the support as well. One other Mississippian, a guy by the name of Tommy Joe Martins, who, uh, who I've run into at Indianapolis a couple times, used to drive. Now he's a, a team owner. Very few people even know about Tommy Joe Martins. He's an, he's an old Miss guy, but there's another Mississippian that, uh, that's put together a pretty good little team now. Yeah, Tommy, he, he's worked so hard i feel like um you know to you know i i didn't know tommy um and i didn't really race against him uh he kind of got in the sport um you know maybe i have a handful of times but he kind of came in and started his own deal um after i had been out of the uh the xfinity series but you know obviously he's been uh working at this thing for a long time uh i think what out of like Senatobia, mississippi area right and um you know, I, I super impressive. Um, you know, now that I know, so I grew up racing dirt cars, and I know what it takes to do that. And I didn't really know what it takes to race asphalt cars. And so, to see what he's been able to do, uh, to see the the team that he's built with Alpha Prime and um, and all that they've been doing is uh, is really cool to see that success paying off for him and hopefully it just keeps getting better for him luke johnson not only is ricky stenhouse good behind the wheel he's also pretty good i understand good with a hammer and some nails <laughs> yeah ricky spent some time in laurel and uh you were you were working with some of the guys from laurel mercantile you, you built something pretty special for our fire department here ricky yeah it was really cool to come down on uh ben's show there and you know ben's workshop and uh it was a full day of film, and it was really cool. Uh, that was a cool trip, actually. Um, you know, we built uh, that big bench for um, for the fire department there. Obviously, you know, always got to take care of uh, your first responders uh, in your towns and, and appreciate everything that they do. But uh, that was also the uh, the trip where I picked out my wife's wedding ring, so uh, or engagement ring. So that was uh, that was a big trip. <laughs> I remember I was actually uh, in the in the wood shop and and uh, it was pretty cool. You from North Mississippi, they picked out a big old piece of uh, poplar from a huge poplar tree up in in, in Pontotoc, and pretty cool to make that North of the Mississippi connection here. I, I do want to ask you this, and I'll let Kelly finish out. Uh, I I played collegiate football, had a short stint um, in the NFL. Uh, still though, when whenever my uh, I still as as an athlete had had those rushes, even though I had done something so much, the the thrill of competition hit me. For you in a race, what part still gets you that rush that you've had since you were a little kid? Uh, I mean, qualifying is always so intense. Uh, you know, we're looking for sometimes you know thousandths of a second and you know a little bit here or there makes a big difference so um you know qualifying i feel like you still get pretty jacked up and then um 
you know, just really the you know throughout the whole race, uh, restarts and you know battling for positions when uh, when your car's not driving good. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Um, definitely, definitely enjoy racing as a career. Man, I would imagine that the, the word as you cross the finish line in Daytona, it's something to the effect of "Holy crap! I just won the Daytona." <laughs> 500 uh if the crew, yeah it was wild <laughs> yeah if the crew chief didn't get there first well ricky stenhouse jr continued success thank you for taking time to join us today and lord willing i will see you at the brickyard in july awesome that sounds like a, a great time all right ricky stenhouse thanks so much again for joining us buddy continued success yep thank you all right ricky stenhouse jr everybody how about how about that luke yeah, Mississippi guy, Daytona 500, connections to Laurel. and Cliff, I'm, I'm thankful we spent the second half of today's show talking NASCAR. And, and Cliff Russom, who, you know, a star in his own right, had a chance to leave the studio, but he said, can I, can I hang out with there? you guys and, and listen to the Stenhouse there? interview? Yeah, I, I wasn't missing that, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even a huge NASCAR fan, and I, I'm all in. <laughs> So they are racing. They are racing in Richmond, Virginia, this weekend um, on the on the short tracks. And yeah, one Daytona finished seventh last weekend, and uh, it's pre- pretty amazing uh, sport. And people go, well, all left turns. I get it, but uh, there's a another lot, lot more to it. Mississippian though etching his name in professional sports history, right there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Now tomorrow, of course, it's baseball time. The Eagles are gonna. Take on those Troy Trojans that Luke talked about, all the great numbers that Troy is is putting up. But hopefully the Eagles are going to go in there and can, do some. Can I just go ahead and tease? Yeah, the go fact ahead. That when I go home tonight, I'm going to reach into a certain closet and bring out a certain object and start moving it across the floor. Oh, let's hope. Hint, let's, hint. let's hope that's the case. Until tomorrow at one o'clock for Michael Mergens and everybody here in the studio. I'm Kelly Sander saying Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.